Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Welcome to Fresh Take. On today's episode, we will be talking about organic gardening. I have a very special guest here with me today, Juan Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our, our listeners? Hi, Jessica. Glad to be here. I uh, didn't grow up in a farm, but I had the chance to go to this uh, really special agricultural college where we had the opportunity to have very hands-on experience with growing all sorts of crops and livestock. So we would go to, you know, the fields and work in the morning, and then in the afternoons we would have, you know, our regular classes. So that gave me the exposure to uh, agriculture, and tropical agriculture, that is. And then I um, <clears throat> went to the University of Florida, got a master's degree in horticultural sciences, and eventually a PhD, concentrating mostly in uh, organic farming and sustainable systems. Wonderful. Well, Juan Carlos, while you're here, why don't you explain to our listeners a little bit about organic gardening? What does it really entail? Well, and it's all based on the principles and the uh, regulations uh, that the uh, USDA National Organic Program has for what can be called organic. So basically what that means is that uh, people who grow fruits and vegetables must use allowed inputs because we all know that plants are going to need nutrients and sometimes when you have pests, uh, you're going to have to try to control and manage those pests. So basically what that means is that you are going to have to use organic seeds right? and use fertilizers that are allowed and the same would be for anything that you use to control those pests. Is there a list available or a website that our listeners could visit to find out what is al- what is allowed when it comes to fertilizers and pest control? Absolutely. The thing to keep in mind when uh, we're talking about what's allowed, a lot of your fertilizers would be considered synthetic. So if it's if it's not synthetic, then most likely that's allowed. But you know, to answer your question, resources like the uh, Organic Materials Review Institute, okay. OMRI, is a good resource for people who are interested in, in, you know, having an organic garden because they can actually look up things that they want to see of whether or not those you know, materials are allowed. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So for somebody that's just getting started and they really don't know all the ins and outs, clearly they would want to look at, on the, the Omri website, um, but what else would they want to do to get started? Well, I would, you know, recommend people to, and obviously we're in Florida, so right. we can pretty much, you know, grow year round. But regardless of where you are uh, and where you're listening from, the one thing is to use the local resources. A lot of times, you know, the land grant universities would have uh, publications and documents in the extension offices about your region. Okay. Uh, even here in Florida, we, you know, even though it's a pretty good climate year round, we do have regions in Florida, South you know, central and north Florida. And so the one thing that I would, you know, tell people is that remember that there is a season for crops. Right now we're in the fall uh, or close to the fall season. So cool season vegetables is really what's going to grow best because temperature and light and all of that really matters. The University of Florida, for instance, has, I think, a publication 
That's called the Alfredo Vegetable Gardening Guide. Okay. So on that publication, you can find information about, you know, what grows best and, you know, what time of the year. Wonderful. And I guess a lot of people don't really understand the importance of organic gardening. Mm-hmm. Can you give them an example of why organic gardening is so important and what the benefits are and I think there's, why they should consider? They've actually, you know, universities and, and researchers have done a lot of studies that look at the advantages of having an organic garden. One of those advantages is actually uh, people who like to get outside. They want to have a garden, but they also don't want to be using, you know, pesticides like we say. And I think that's the number one concern many times. Right. There's enough studies to show that some pesticides can be harmful to people's health if not, if you know, handled properly. So that's one thing that I would say is why people choose to, you know, grow uh, their garden organically. There's a lot of other things that I think can drive people to grow these crops organically. Whatever that reason is, keep in mind that as you, you know, are growing, you know, these vegetables, you are getting the exposure to, again, being outside, sort of having that good feeling of, you know, growing things that you're going to eat later. Right. Uh, so I think that that's probably one of the reasons or the reasons why people do this, yeah. And I think for even for me, it, it just feels good doing things the way nature intended it. Correct. And my opinion, the food just tastes better. In, in some ways, that also, you know, there's, there's studies that show that if you are growing a garden, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to uh, buying, you know, your tomatoes or your peppers, you know, at the store, mm-hmm. uh, you get that satisfaction of having Absolutely. grown them yourself. Probably picked at the right time, because right. that's another thing when, you know, when you're buying stuff, you know, at the supermarket, it might have been, you know, shipped, you know, a few days ago. So right. you're not eating is it as fresh as if you would, and you know from picking it off right, you know right off the vine and out of the plant. So there's that freshness associated Definitely. with it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, like you said, in Florida, we can we have a, a better opportunity of growing crops year round. But um, for our other listeners, what are good fall crops to plant? Um, can you give some examples of things that that this time of year is a time to plant and how long it takes to harvest. Right. So w- when it comes to uh, how long it takes to harvest, that's really going to vary depending a lot, on, right. uh, d- depending on the crop. But things like lettuce, you know, a lot of your greens, you know, mustard greens, collards, cabbages, broccoli, cauliflower, beets, I think I said already, all of those will grow pretty well in the fall season. Right. So pumpkins, definitely, because we all see pumpkins, you know, with Thanksgiving being right around the corner. Absolutely. Um, those are some of the crops that are going to do really well in the fall. Squash, yeah. eggplant, Squash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of different choices out there for Correct. our listeners to choose from. Now, a lot of people would like to do organic gardening, but they may not have a yard that has space or they don't have farmland. You know, they may live in an apartment or mm-hmm. a condo or very, have very limited space available to plant. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend that they do? Well, you can certainly grow things in containers. Whether it be pots or trays, you know, there's these plastic trays that you can, you know, fill with uh, soil. Those are good ways to grow things when you don't have a lot of space. You can just go to, you know, your local store, garden store, and and find all sorts of containers where you can do that. The one thing when you're you're talking about containers, the one thing that you want to keep in mind is that picking the right soil mix. And going back to, you know, our discussion about what's allowed, even You'd be surprised, even some soil mixes when it comes to organic gardening may not be allowed because those, you know, substrates or media might contain 
fertilizers already. Right. So slow release fertilizers would, would wouldn't be allowed and, and you know under the organic regulations. Um, but certainly pots, trays. Um, I've seen people grow things in yogurt containers. You know, small herbs. So there's a lot of different things that you can choose to grow things. The one thing also, if you if you live in a condo or an apartment, you want to put your containers or your plants in a really sunny spot. Okay. They're going to require a lot of sun sunlight uh, in order to grow. You know, and you're going to be able to you know have a better chance of having a good crop if if they have plenty of sunlight and water, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are those are the two main things Absolutely. for sure. I understand that the position that you have with Ford Organic Growers is a client care specialist. So you talk daily with people that are calling in and want to um, become certified organic mm-hmm. or, or they have questions about, you know, what it takes to be organic. Um, can you give us some advice that you would give people, like if, if they do have a piece of land that they're just starting out with, that, okay, you know, this is the step I want to go. This is what I want to do. What would you advise them to do? Well, certainly, like you said, they can call, you know, the uh, Fort Organic uh, Growers uh, Client Care Line, 352-727-7149 is the direct line. You know, we'd be happy to answer all of your questions explain what it takes to become certified organic if that's what you intend. But even, you know, listeners who are not necessarily interested in, uh, you know, becoming farmers, but they basically are going to have an organic garden, you know, we can explain and, and let them know what's allowed, what's not allowed, answer questions about seeds and, and other things. They can also email us at, you know, clientcare, one word, at qcsinfo.org is the email. So that's another good way to reach us. And as I said, we're always happy to answer people's questions. Wonderful. So with every episode, we give a fresh fact. And today's fresh fact is, did you know that one teaspoon of soil has more microorganisms than there are people on this planet? That's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's amazing the life that's in this soil. And in fact, all of those microorganisms in our soil are very useful when coming uh, when, when it comes to growing crops. So I, I do I do like that first fresh take on the microorganisms in the soil. Yeah, it's it's always fun to have a little trivia in there, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So going back to what we were talking about a, a moment ago, you were saying that you know when we go to the store and we're looking for fertilizer, we're looking for pest control. We have to make sure that it doesn't have any synthetic inputs. For somebody that's really an amateur at this, are there, is there any labeling that they can look for? Any verbiage that they need to avoid, like to look for, or words that they need to avoid? That you know, hey, this product may contain this. That makes it a little bit easier in their shopping. Absolutely. So, like we were talking about soil mixes. With soil mixes, you know, things like peat, vermiculite are you know allowed. So, okay. So you would be okay, even perlite uh, mixed in the in your soil mix. And, and basically, what a soil mix is something that allows you to hold the water, hold the plant. But with soil mixes, sometimes you're going to have slow-release fertilizers. So if you read the word slow-release fertilizer on a soil mix that's already blended in that mix, most most likely it's not something that's going to be allowed because it's going to be a synthetic fertilizer. I would say avoid it. But as I was saying, I mean, Omri is a very good resource. The one thing is all soil mixes, all products that you buy are going to have a brand name. Right. So by having that brand name and including... The who makes that particular, whether it's Bayer, and we're talking about, you know, pesticides. If you look them up in Omri, it'll tell you whether it, they've approved it. Now, right. it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't find it on their website, it's not allowed, but it's a good way to start. 
And you'd be surprised how much stuff you're going to find there. Of course, in now uh, with you know more and more people interested in organic gardening, organic foods, you will find a lot of things that will say, you know, save for organic gardens and, and that sort of thing. So that's also, you know, a good way to at least know that you're in the right path. Going back to your question about ingredients and using the example of, of soil mixes, soil-release fertilizers, I already mentioned, those most likely are not going to be allowed because they're synthetic. With some pest control products, that's also a little bit more complex. But if you look at the active ingredient and, and it's a long word that you can't pronounce, most likely it's not allowed because it's also going to be synthetic. Right. You know? So resources, Omri, our email that you know we mentioned earlier, our phone number, you know, call us. We're happy to try to assist you if you have questions about uh, a particular product that you found at the garden store, you're not really sure if you can buy it, you know, we're going to try to help you and, and, and answer that question for you. Wonderful. Well, I, I just want to help our listeners out a little bit because I do some organic gardening with a program that FOG operates. And so one of the challenges that I faced this season in planting cucumbers and tomatoes is even though they were in a sunny place, we did everything right. We followed all the organic standards. The leaves were very yellow. Some of them um, even had a lot of browning. And so I had to do some research to find out, you know, what caused this and how to fix it. But our listeners may not know what the issue is or how to resolve it. And if this is something that I experienced, I'm sure some of our listeners may experience this as well. So can you tell us what this comes from and how do we fix it? Most likely that's going to be a nutrient deficiency. And I think most people would probably know that. And yellowing is typically nitrogen deficiency. Mm -hmm. So plants need nitrogen to, you know, have big leaves, green, you know, lushy leaves. So if you were not adding enough nitrogen Mm -hmm. to your soil, that's why you were having, you know, that yellowing. Compost is a good way to add nitrogen to the soil so the plants can take it up. But again, there's some materials out there that are allowed that do contain small amounts of nitrogen that it's going to be a lot better than, you know, not having any nitrogen at all. Because remember, that's the other thing that we run into here in Florida is that our soils are very sandy. Right. So unless you have some good organic matter in your soil, Mm -hmm. then you're going to run into some of these issues with yellowing. So I would say good compost, some manures that also can provide some of these nutrients to your your plants would would be something that I would recommend. Now with manures, you know, chicken manure, for example, and, you know, horse manure, some, some farmers actually use them. They put them in the soil before they plant. You got to keep in mind because the regulation, and of course there's that, that whole issue with food safety, is that when you apply it to the soil, there is a certain number of days that you can do that before you can harvest. Right. So with, you know, some of the examples of when you were talking about tomatoes and, and plants that have, that are very close to the soil, and that the edible portion of it might have direct contact with it, it's 120 days right. from the application of that manure. And, you know, fruit trees and other plants, it's 90 days. What we did in the garden that I run is actually I did, I, I mixed in some more compost soil, but I also added fish emulsion. Yeah. And it completely turned it around. The problem was resolved. We yeah. had uh, a beautiful harvest. So the fish emulsion was great. Fish emulsion great. is actually, yeah, a lot of times it's it's a good way to sort of remedy that problem with, you know, uh, nutrient deficiencies, in this case, nitrogen, yeah. And is there a time limit that you have before you can harvest if you use fish emulsion? No. Mm. So it would be a good alternative to using right. manure if, the, if you need to harvest quickly. Right. Mm. 
Wonderful. All right. Well, to wrap up today, can you just go over a few tips for our listeners of things that they can do, some important safety tips and and gardening tips? Well, well, definitely when it comes to safety, you know, we're talking about things that you can use in your garden. If we were talking about pest control products, always read the label. Yes. I can't stress that enough because even things that are allowed, remember, this is something that's going to kill the pest. So most likely, you know, it's something that you just have got to handle carefully. So read the label, of course. Pick the right varieties. You know, pick the, the crops that grow best during the season that you want to grow them. When it comes to uh, your soil or your soil mixes, if you're growing, whether you're growing in containers or you're growing in a garden box, make sure that it holds, you know, water. Uh, you just don't want to use a lot of sand because, again, that's what, you know, we got plenty of in Florida. Absolutely. But, you know, try to add some organic matter to your to your you know soil mix and and then just uh you know have fun we were talking about uh the fact that you're going to be outside uh, i think we were talking with some colleagues that it's amazing that often you're you know outside and you forget to put some sunscreen all of a sudden you come in and then you're all just you know sunburned yes. so uh using some sunscreen when you're outside is also a good idea definitely so Thank you so much, Juan Carlos. We really appreciate you being here today and giving our listeners all of this information. Uh, As always, I'm your host, Jessica Stipe. I'm the Education and Outreach Director for Florida Organic Growers. If there's topics that you'd like to hear about, please log on to our website. You can leave comments there. And as always, the only way that we can continue to bring you this content is for you, our listener, to to donate. Uh, Log on to our website listen to our podcast. There's a button there that if you'd like to donate, uh, it will lead you to a site to do so. We thank you for listening and tune in next time for another great episode. This has been Fresh Take. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 